Good morning, guys. We are live half past 11 or just after half 11. Um, it's one to one. It's season two of Gaz Meets. Um, I'm hopefully going to get to do a few more of these this season with um, famous names from football and media kind of thing. Um, today we've got Ali Defoy, the host and voice of Go Radio, Glasgow's own radio station and host of St Mun TV. Um, I want to firstly thank you know, Cliff Badger. Can I let you know, I, just so to, it Sorry. might be a wee shot to you, I, let, I left Go Radio a couple of months ago back in April, but it's all good. Oh, did you? Shows you how much I've been paying attention. I've actually no. That's okay. I've actually, I've actually no called this show for a while, to be honest. Then, so that's probably why. Um, but yeah, so Club Badge FC um, is our main sponsor. We're hopefully um, getting in touch with a few more sponsors to get on board. But um, go on and give them a like, guys. Uh, the, the official licensed suppliers of the Scotland national team. They supply all the badges and pins. Um, so go on and, and get some badges and pins off them. So Ali, um, yes. first of all, thank you very much for, for agreeing to do this. Pleasure. Apologies for it being a wee bit late. It's my fault. Turns out I needed to download something that my computer magically uninstalled itself. No, no, no. It's absolutely fine. Um, it's it's basically this is probably the the only other early early kind of show we've done so far. Um, this season is I was talking to a guy called Scott McIntyre. He's a mm -hmm. um an Australian based. An Australian journalist based in Tokyo, and it was mm -hmm. obviously it was it followed Ange Postecoglou, and and all the kind of um, players from the J-League and that sort of thing. So um, mm -hmm. it was great to have him on. So he was, because of time difference, he was the, the kind of earliest. But you you broke the record, so um, you're even earlier um, than him. No, 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 that's absolutely fine. Listen, I don't, I don't mind accommodating anybody um, as long as we can get you on. Um, so, yeah, basically, we are available to download still on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search Celtic FC Appreciation. And um, we're all over the socials as well. So, uh, just search Celtic FC Appreciation, Facebook, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. Um, if you've got any questions or comments for Ali, um, yeah. please get them into us. Um, so, Ali, firstly, um, we'll start with, as well as being super talented, you are obviously um, football is your first love, and St Mirren is your first yeah. love. Um, being a lifelong fan, did that come naturally, or was that kind of a family kind of thing? Family, yeah. So my dad has always supported St Mirren. Um, I was born in Paisley. Um, my brother, big brother, is a St Mirren fan as well. So it's just kind of the way the family has. So when we went now and again, if we were going to a really special treat for all the family, if I don't know, once a year, Boxing Day would maybe get to go to hospitality. So that was like something big that all the family went. I'm saying like all the family, me and my dad, my mum and my brother. So that for me was like what you did on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, we'd go to the football and that, that's just, just the way it's always been. So yeah, no other club, no offence, kind of came into my radar until I moved down south. Yeah, do you remember your your first game that you, that you went to? I remember I was, my brother was the mascot. Um, that day is the first that I remember and it was a hospitality day and I asked for apple crumble and cream for my dessert and I was wearing a sweater short jumper and my brother walked out very proudly with Barry Levetti and I was the proudest sister you could imagine I don't know maybe I was about five or six wasn't I wasn't I was kind of primary one primary two and um, that that was my first memory and seeing him getting his photo taken on the pitch was amazing I was actually, I'm actually um, of that kind of age. I remember Barry Levetti playing for St. <laughs> Basher, love it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, let's go back to the early days. Um, I believe that you were due to attend the Scottish Ballet School, um, but due to some kind of water damage, um, you, you ended up at a thing called Pace. 
Oh my um, gosh, which, yes. Um, which obviously got you on the road to stardom. I mean, how, how did that come about? Was, was that a, a kind of just a last minute thing? Or? Yeah, so basically I was meant to, you know when you get a kind of work experience placement at school? Mm-hmm. So I managed to very kindly, my dad had helped me, I think he knew somebody in the, the Scottish Valley, um, and I managed to get a placement there. But as you say, there'd been water damage and they had to shut it, so it wasn't safe for, I think, the staff or for any kind of work experience. So it was like with a week to go, what could I do for my work experience? And um, I don't know, I can't really remember whether it was someone, cause my dad kind of works in Paisley, and whether he knew somebody at Pace or whether he just kind of thought, well, what about Pace? That's a kind of art, performing arts. Maybe that's something that kind of might be along the lines. So um, we contacted them and they were amazing. So I went in there for a week and I had brilliant fun, brilliant. I wasn't the only person in for work experience. They kind of accommodated me, kind of squeezed me in as well. So there's a couple of us and it was really good fun. And then I joined Pace after that, which was fab. Yeah, I mean, you obviously you went from there. That that sent you to the bright lights of London. Um, I mean, at such a young age, how much of a head spinner was that for you? Well, I was all, I wasn't too, I was 18 when I went to London. In between mm-hmm. that, um, I went to the Dance School Scotland, which I have to say is the most incredible place. Um, I learned so many life skills as well as sort of performing arts school skills as well. So I did dance and singing and acting there full time, but I also did all my hires um, in there as well. So it was brilliant because I could do study. I would go from maths and then I would go to a ballet class and then I go to English and then I go to a tap class and then I would go to... Um, chemistry I don't know how I managed to do chemistry but I did that and then I would go into a, a drama class so it was really awesome and um, so I was boarding boarding there as well because at that time Houston didn't have a, a bus link so I couldn't get the bus into Johnson to get the train to Glasgow Um, so I was very fortunate I got to board up in, in Knightswood and it was brilliant Um, and then I went to London so I guess I'd had a wee experience being away from home living in Glasgow and only coming home at the weekends Um, and then when I moved to London there was quite a lot from the school that moved to London as well, and then former yeah. students as well. So it was almost like a kind of Scottish contingency down there. There was hundreds of us. So you were never really alone. So I think from that, if I hadn't gone to that school and I'd just gone straight down south, I think I would have I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have dealt with it so well. Kind of I'm quite a home girl. So yeah. having that experience in between really, really helped. So yeah, as much as I wanted to come back to, to Scotland when I finished, though it was London's great, but I'm from the countryside, so it's not it's it's a bit big for me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I love London. I've been down a few times, but it is, it's far too big and it's its much too difficult to get about. It's not like being in Glasgow, being in the, the city, you can't just walk anywhere, do you know what I mean? So you've got to well, get... I walked everywhere. I don't know oh, why. Yeah, well, I just, I don't know why. I didn't like the hustle and bustle of the, the underground. It freaked me out. Oh, no, I see, I loved that. I that's, walk that's miles rather than Really? <laughs> um, so, I mean, you obviously went to the Italia Conte Academy, I think I'm right in yeah. saying that. Um, some massive yeah. names have came from that academy: Kelly Brook, Russell Brand, Karen Gillan, Leona Lewis, to name a few. But um, mm-hmm. was there any kind of big names that you met uh, in your time there? Gosh, yeah, loads. I guess some of my friends that are doing really well right now. Um, a young lady called Pixie Lot. She was a good couple of years I below me, Pixie but because Lott. she's amazing, right? She's such a lovely girl. Um, or woman, should I say? Gosh, because when I knew her, we were we were young, but she was a few years below me at the school. But because I'd done all my dance exams in Scotland to be able to teach in England, I had to kind of start from the beginning again. It wasn't the same qualifications. So I was doing the exams with the kind of lower school, the younger school, the youth school. So I was doing that at the same time. So I was in Pixie's class, which was hilarious. So um, Pixie, you maybe know um, a guy called Derek Hoff. Um, 
and Julie Anhof, who are American and they're in sort of American Idol and they do Dancing with the Stars in America. And then um, they've done quite a lot. They've done really, really well. Um, as well as Mark Ballas, who is Shirley Ballas's son. So Shirley Ballas, you might know from Strictly Come Dancing. So yeah. he um, above me as well. We did some shows together. Um, so I, I guess maybe there's some of the names. Oh, oh yeah, and Zara Abraham, she's in EastEnders just now. So there's a few. There's a fair few who were sort of, who did really, really well. Uh, and there's yeah. plenty of really well who maybe names aren't out there at the moment, but they're still uh -huh. doing well. So yeah, and then you've got little old me. Oh, listen, you, you've done massively well. Um, I mean, oh, as I say, as, well, as I much... Need to see Mars bars, Snickers. <laughs> you know me too well. Um, I, as, as I say, I love Pixel. I've got major, major, had a major crush on her for I don't know how long, but um, she, she is pretty, pretty good. Um, obviously, <clears throat> going back to that, um, was, was that what you kind of wanted to do at the time, or did you always think, uh, I want to come back to, to being a presenter? that sort of thing so it all came about because when i was younger i watched sort of cat daily on live and kicking um and uh an smtv as it was called kind of then and lady and kelly and aunt and dick and i was like oh my gosh that's a job like that's what i want to do but when i was sort of that age it wasn't a job you yeah. couldn't that wasn't something you'd go and study for and have a job and i remember when i was at Grife high it was like careers day and you had to write an essay as to what you wanted to do as a job and I spent so many hours, my mum helped me, my dad helped me researching about how you would be a TV presenter. I did it on Cat Daily, um, Lillian Kelly and Aunt Deck, and I did this massive presentation. I was so proud of myself. I got a punishment exercise because the teacher thought I was making fun of the, the, the thing. And I was like, I spent hours on that. Like, honestly, I was so passionate about it. And within that research, I realised that Emma Bunton went to performing arts school and these people who were doing really well went to performing arts school and Sharon Osborne they all went they all seemed to go to Italia Conte and I was like right that's where I need to go that's what I need to do if I want to represent it that's what I need to do so I then kind of worked out right how do I do that so I contacted um one of my friends at the time who Kirsten McLaughlin beautiful woman um and she was going to the dance school Scotland as a full-time ballet student from first year high school and she was like well they're doing a musical theatre course why don't you audition for that and then kind of progress from there so it, it all started off with my friend Kirsty. so I did that and I didn't do my punishment exercise my mum wrote a letter to say how much work I'd actually done and that I wouldn't be doing it so, yes mum um but yeah so it all kind of started from watching them on the telly and thinking I want that to be my job now it's a normal thing for people to say I want to be a tv presenter I want to report on football but back then nah it was it was like are you joking everyone in the school thought i was mad i think <laughs> i had a few punnies in my time so i know i know the pain of that to be honest <laughs> um in terms of in terms of obviously acting or go, going to your acting and um, career mm -hmm. brief acting career in terms of um soaps uh, oh, gosh, no. <laughs> um you know i think it was a, an advert at the fort that really got you the gig at river city um i mean what, what was the advert for it was so the advert was literally for the fort shopping center they were trying to get people to go to it you're making me cry with laughter here this is hilarious <laughs> um, and can i just point out this is apple juice i, I couldn't find a normal glass so it looks like i'm drinking wine. It's, when, it's wednesday it's allowed. so it's definitely <laughs> apple juice. um and so basically i had to pretend that i was walking out of a cab to the fort shopping center i got my heel stuck in a drain but purposefully stuck my heel in the drain, broke my shoe so I could buy a new pair of shoes at the fort. I think that's what the advert was all about. So I did it 
didn't didn't get the fort gig um agent phoned me and they were like oh sorry you didn't get that I was like, cool no worries and then she phoned me and she said oh you're doing river city next week and i was like i think you're maybe phoning the wrong person i haven't auditioned for river city and she said oh no the people who were casting for um the fort saw you and they wanted you for river city instead so you don't need to have an audition you've got you got the gig it's like oh amazing great so it just showed me like you might not be right for that job but there's loads of other things and, and the directors and casting team who were lovely um i think it was victoria Beatty, if i'm not mistaken who um who was the casting agent at the time and, and i ended up getting getting that gig so yeah it was i was in it for longer um in the script than i actually was on screen but yeah I didn't mind. was it was it am i right in three episodes you were you, you something like that yeah not yeah. a lot and although played, i think storyline was on for like two months but yeah actually, the time you saw me i think it was like three episodes um, you played a, a, I think, a, a secret, the secret girlfriend of a, a footballer. I um, played the wag of Andrew Murray. Yeah. Who actually turns out to, it was Sam Hewen. <laughs> it was obviously, I think, did he go into do Highlander? Am I right? Yeah, um, yeah. I think he's doing, oh, he's doing loads. He's got a new whiskey out at the moment. Lovely man. I met him recently doing a Sterling Marathon. Um, yeah. He's really into his fitness. But I think he does, um, oh, is it, it's not, is it Outlander? Outlander, yeah, yeah, yeah. Outlander, yeah. Film, filmed kind of sterling way, so, so yeah. So he's doing really well. Was was he was he kind of well known at the time, or was, was he no, kind of just starting out? I thought he was English, but he was playing an English character. Oh, right. Um, the, the guy he was playing was like an English footballer who'd come up, um, and I was supposed to be his kind of wagon and girlfriend, but he was kind of getting with someone in in. Um, Oh, what's it called? What's the area? Shoreditch. Is it Shoreditch? Uh, Shieldinch. Shieldinch. Sorry, I'm yeah. back from London, Shoreditch. Um, I don't so, actually, I, I, disclaimer, I don't actually watch River City. I'm just, I just know that for some reason. <laughs> you know, it's funny, when I was at drama school, and this, this is going to sound absolutely terrible, but when I was younger, I mean, River City wasn't what it is now. And I yeah. remember the two things I said, I'm never going to do shopping TV and I'm never going to do River City. That was my thing. I don't know why I decided that at such a young age. It was so naive of me. They're the first two things I did. And probably the best two things I did. So mad madness. Did you did you ever did you ever watch it back? The the nope. yeah yeah episodes. Absolutely not. Um, my first, my first sort of on screen kiss. Absolutely not. Was not watching. Do, that do you want it? Do you want to see it? I've got... Are you joking? No, I'm okay. I don't got it. Thank goodness. <laughs> oh no. I was actually I was actually going to search for it, um, but I thought I'd, I'd, um, I'd yeah I'd, probably I'd better use of your time doing anything else. <laughs> Watching um, Pink would probably be better. And um, so, your other passion, I suppose, um, is jewellery. Oh yeah. In terms of um, back in two thousand five, you became the youngest ever presenter of is it was it Gems TV at the time? Gems, of course, I can't remember what year it was. I was twenty, but yeah, um, yeah Gems TV is what yeah. it's called now. It was called then, and Jim is what it's called now. I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you remember the audition? What, what? 100%. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you had been nervous at the time or did you just go and smash it? I mean, you um, literally, but, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, smash the jewellery. I was buzzing, I think is probably the best word. I was full of excitement, full of nerves as well, because I'd never been on TV before, had no, like, live presenting, done adverts and things, did you say, and, and done um, kind of dramas, but not actually done presenting so I've dreamed of it so I'd gone from Italia Conte knew I wanted to be a presenter made a showreel the company making the showreel said there's a, a 
the head presenter of Gems TV is looking for people. They want to see your showreel. We've suggested you would be good. Um, I hadn't even seen it at this point, and I just said, "Look, if you think it's decent, fire away, send it to them. I'd, I'd, like I'd, that would be amazing." But obviously, I have no idea if it's good, bad, or indifferent. And they phoned me and said, "Look, can you come down to Redditch? Is where it is, so just outside of Birmingham. And can you do an audition, an on-screen audition?" Um, so I just watched the show religiously for ages. I got a mirror um, and just watched myself in the mirror talking which was freak, freaky enough, and then put the post-it notes of the phone number and everything, practised every day for about three days. Um, got the wee train down to London on Valentine's Day, I remember. Um, uh, sorry, Birmingham uh, on Valentine's Day and sat in a hotel room in Redditch called The Mount View, and they were amazing. Made me a rolling sausage for my breakfast, tremendous. Um, and then I went to my wee audition. So I just had one outfit for waiting for that day. Um, and they said, we're going to put you on telly. You'll be on for about 20 minutes. You have a producer in your ear, a director in your ear. You have a sound engineer in your ear. And then you have the camera team and the crew around you. And I was like, okay, <laughs> amazing. So I don't know if you've ever had sort of anyone in what's called talk back in your ear. But basically imagine three different people talking to you about all different things. You need to listen to all of them because it's all important. And then you have to talk and smile at the same time about what's in front of you and sell. And I was like, ah. So they left me on ear for two hours just talking and selling and I had no idea they just went just say what you can see and I was like all right well it's orange it looks like a citrine <laughs> I didn't know anything about gemstones I was just like oh, it's a ring just stating the obvious really so people were probably sit and watch them going yeah we know that love like we could tell <laughs> but I just did everything I thought they told me things so I was like oh it's from um, I don't know whatever it was Madagascar or whatever it was and lovely sunshine color whatever um, and that's price and that's phone number. So they said to me on air, like, you've got the job. Can you just stay on air? And so I'm like sitting on air. My mum was watching at home thinking there must be something wrong because she was only meant to be on for 20 minutes. It's like two hours later. She's still <laughs> playing. She that bad that we need to keep it on. Um, so I think I, my mum was watching at home and I got off air and I said, mum, they've given me the job. Um, I start tomorrow. So unfortunately, and, and, um, the good news is she's all well, but one of the presenters had had a car accident, so she wasn't able to work that weekend. Um, and they literally put me in her slot straight away, so I had no idea. Prime time Friday night, had to learn how to, to do my job, so it was kind of sink or swim. So I was really, really fortunate, um, that uh, I got noticed the way I did. But I think a lot of it is kind of putting yourself out there and just trying and doing your best and hoping you do well. So, yeah, long winded way of saying that's how it, how it all came about. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's that's obviously that's what I was going to ask. I mean, in terms of, I've not I've not had that. I've I've been involved in media before, but I've never had that kind of situation where you know you've got your earpiece in and somebody's talking to you and directing you kind of thing. Um, did did you have any kind of knowledge before of jewellery, no. or was it just a case of um, winging it on the day and people trying to tell you what what the jewellery was was like kind of thing? A hundred percent winging it on the day. I mean. They, I think they'd said to me, you'll have one citrine, you'll have a ring and you'll have a necklace and you'll have a bracelet. And I think it said one will be citrine, one will be amethyst and one will be just the kind of run of the mill gemstones that most people have heard of, maybe a ruby yeah. or something. So I knew about those three, but that each one probably takes a couple of minutes. So after those three, I had no idea. So two hours later, I'm just looking at it. I'm just like, no idea what this is. I think it's a diamond. But they just had to tell me in my ear and say, look, you've got however many of these come from this place. 
and but I didn't know anything about uh, jewelry other than the average person and like oh that's pretty that's sparkly I like that or that looks nice but didn't know anything about gemstones didn't know anything other than what I'd researched for those three stones that they told me about so um, I decided along with some of the other team there to become an accredited jewelry professional and study with the Gemological Institute of America to make sure I had my diamonds my jewelry my gemstone degree to make sure that when I was on the telly what I was talking about actually knew so I didn't at the start now I'm fully qualified yeah I mean obviously I think you spent a total of I'm right in saying something like 15 years down south working kind of thing right. and all in all and um to do with jewelry and I think you'd done a thing for Aston Villa it was Aston yep. Villa TV or Aston Villa's um hospitality oh. It was for a, it was a birthday event and a launch event for them. They have a restaurant or had a restaurant. I don't think it's there now anymore, unfortunately, called the VMF Restaurant. Um, funnily enough, I was talking about it this morning at St Mirren, and they had they were the number one suppliers of coriander and potatoes in the whole of the West Midlands, which I thought was mad. So they've got like a football sized allotment, and they, they used to joke that if the player got a red card, they would have to go and dig potatoes. Whether they did or not, I don't know. But they wanted to show this restaurant off because um, the local community were the only ones who worked in it. And they got NBQs and HNCs and, and different qualifications working there in hospitality or cooking or um, whatever it might be. So that they could then go and get a job within that like in a restaurant industry. So they wanted to do a, a video on the fourth birthday of it to celebrate that. So I went in to do that for them, which was great. And a few other wee bits and bobs for them but it wasn't I wasn't like the official presenter for Aston Villa TV or anything I don't even think they had Aston Villa TV at the time to be honest it was that long ago but yeah. yeah it's good fun um, lovely but obviously you know going back onto the stage kind of thing a few years before you started at, at Gems TV um you appeared as Velma um and like West Side Story and, and yeah. Hot Mikado you'd won mm -hmm. dance awards I mean how yeah. how big an achievement was that for you at the time Jane, for for me it was huge I mean I'd I love to dance like I still love to dance and I went into the dance school or of Scotland on the musical theatre course having gone to dance classes but I didn't start till I was about 10 I was quite late in going to dance classes um I hadn't done any singing lessons and I hadn't done any drama other than the few kind of Saturdays at pace so yeah. I was going in with people who won BAFTAs, who'd been on the West End playing uh, in Les Mis, leading roles, and they were like eight, like 16 years old. So I was going in, all I could do was dance from a local dance school. So getting the dance award to me was huge because that showed that I, I was, not only did I like dance, but I was good at it. But in my final year, I won the Drama Award, mm -hmm. which was the biggest achievement. I think it was, was it Billy Bo um Billy? Boyd, was it? Oh, I've forgotten his name. That's terrible. The guy from The Hobbit. Yeah, yeah, Billy. I think it was Billy Boyd, yeah. Um, he came, so it was externally judged, so it wasn't judged by the teachers or anything. Um, and I was granted the drama award for the whole school, and that, to me, was the biggest achievement ever because I'd worked so hard. Um, and bear in mind, my first day of drama, I hid in the cupboard because I didn't understand how everybody knew how to do improvisation didn't understand how that guy knew that someone else was in the lift with a monkey and they i was like what's going on i don't understand this but now i realize it's just improvising they're making it up and you can do whatever you want and you just kind of go at time i was like just backing into the cupboard shut the door and was like i'm not not taking part of this i don't know what to do um so by two years later winning the drama award that that for me was the proudest moment i was so proud 
I mean, obviously you played, I think you, you appeared in a production of Rent as well. Um, you played yeah. the lead in Sweet Charity. Um, oh, yeah. At, at, at the Italia Conte Academy. You've done your research, haven't you? I, I go all in. Go hard, I go home with me. I love that. It's amazing. Um, did, I mean, obviously, how how was that playing playing the lead role in a, in a production of that kind of size? Oh, it was amazing. Well, for so at Conte's, you did they had like they've got their own theatre as well, um, which is brilliant. So Rent was fabulous. Rent is a brilliant musical, um, hard hitting, um, all about HIV and AIDS, and I learned a lot. Um, that I didn't really know much about. So for that, that was a brilliant learning curve for, for me. Um, but also to play a character who was a recovering um, addict was not something really within my, that I'd ever experienced in my life. Um, so that was a really good role, um, challenging role. Um, and Sweet Charity was, it was like a mini one. So at Christmas time, you do excerpts of different musicals and you do different roles. So Sweet Charity was brilliant fun. It was with two of my, my dearest friends at the, the college. So we had an absolute blast singing, dancing, prancing about. It was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you went from you went from there in Jewelry TV to um, another kind of, your first probably kind of sport, I would say, um, in terms of the golf. Um, you joined the C3I group. Yeah, um, as a co-presenter for the Open Golf, you got to experience beautiful courses such as um, Royal Burkdale, Kilnistain, yeah. Royal Trin. Um I mean, how how was that to to be able to just even just to walk the courses, just to kind of get around the courses? It was it was and still is amazing. Um, yeah, I was really really fortunate because my first role with them. So when I was younger, I used to play golf. Um, I used to captain um, Ranfurly Golf uh, Golf Club. I was the girls' captain there, and then I used to play for the West of Scotland girls. So being that, I always say this, and everyone laughs at me. I was like, "Don't be so down on yourself." But there wasn't that many girls playing golf when I was playing golf, so it probably wasn't that hard to get into the the, the Scotland team. But um, but I was there, um, so that was always a passion of mine. Um, but I had to kind of drop golf and drop football and drop all of that to go to the dance school and focus on dancing and singing and acting. So to be able to pick it up again was was amazing. Um, to walk on the golf courses as you say, that are the most pristine condition. I mean, major championships. It's not just uh, a really great club competition. It, it's a golf major. And, yeah. and the oldest golf major in the world is it's the main one. So not only to be there, but to be able to have access to walk on the green with the likes of Henrik Stenson and Justin Thomas and Jason Day and um, Justin Rose and then to putt with them, to ask them questions about their game was just, I was like a child in a candy shop. It was brilliant, brilliant. Loved every minute of it. I mean, I mean, I loved, I loved doing this. I, I'd done this. I, I probably started this podcast um, tail end of last season, and mm -hmm. um, we it was originally planned just to do a, a kind of weekly show um, to talk about what's been happening with Celtic that week. Um, me and one of my the mate, one of my mates that, that come on and does it with me, um, but I, I thought. I really want to kind of start, I kind of do a midweek show with somebody kind of famous. And, um, and then you I got think, lumbered with me because you couldn't find anyone else. Uh, no, honestly, I've been, I, I have been trying to get you on here for I don't know how long, um, but obviously you're very difficult to get hold of. Um, oh no, not to get a hold of, just to get get a day off. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Trying to find time in your schedule. I mean, I think the first show we've done, it was a, it was a, an, a musician, an Irish musician we had on during lockdown. We had a lot of musicians on 
the page um, during lockdown performing for us every Saturday night kind of thing and um, Rebecca McRedmond she came on and she was really kind of um, surprised by how the interview went she was quite surprised I think she thought it was just going to be a, a friendly kind of chat between the two mm-hmm. kind of thing but um, and then obviously went for, from there and got like Fran Alonso and got Rory Hamilton um, who they get I've done a, a, a Scottish Cup reunion with Tom Boyd and Darren Jackson 30 years on um, oh, from that. the, from the Cup final that. Um, and then obviously this season we've got, had Rob Douglas on so um, as I say I love to interview people and I, I can see that you obviously do as well you've interviewed some of the best golfers in the world Martin Keimer Dustin Johnson Tiger Woods um, who was your favourite can you pick a favourite that you interviewed between Martin Keimer and um, Henrik Stenson yeah so Martin Keimer is hilarious he's really really funny um, and he's, he's really enjoys making fun of himself, which is, is really nice for an interviewer because you can ask him loads of different questions and he's got loads of great fun answers. Um, and then obviously he's very good at golf. And then Henrik Stenson, he's got quite a sort like a dry sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's just brilliant. If you get, if you, if you, um, so do your research and you're well prepped, um, which I always tend to be. Or at least I hope I hope um, interviews feel that way, um, like you. And he he's he's just wonderful to work with. Honestly, the stories that they've got and they're so good with with you. They they really enjoy having a good interview. So yeah, probably between Henrik Stenson um, when he was given back the trophy, um, Claret Jug, and um, Martin Keimer on his new clothing range for uh, Hugo Boss, which was quite good fun. Oh, that's that's amazing. I mean, I I can't even imagine like um, having that kind of having that kind of role just to be going about interviewing um, people during golfers and sportsmen. Um, but I did notice on your Instagram that that you're doing a plank challenge while wishing Gary Player a, a happy birthday. Um, I I mean, it was it, it was a happy eighty second birthday. I don't know if this was a competition between the two of you. I don't know how fit Gary Player is, but um, so fit. <laughs> Honestly, he is so fit. It's insane. He's fitter than me. Yeah. And I'm, well, I'm not fit, so that's not a good judge. He is insanely fit. I remember yeah. he did an interview running on a treadmill because he wanted to fit in the interview and fit in his fitness in golf shoes. He's that's nuts. Level. Um, I mean, from what I've seen, you, you, from what the video lasted, it lasted up to about two, two minutes 15. I mean, how long did you actually last doing a plank? Um, well, it was meant to be, oh, I can't even remember now, but because he was celebrating his 87th birthday, was it meant to be like 87 seconds? So like a minute, oh, right. um, 27 or something. Um, so I think that's how long you were supposed to do it to celebrate him and his birthday. But I think yeah. I just kept going because, well, I don't know. I think I just was wanting to, to, to show him that I was really happy for him to be 87. I don't know. I just thought if he can do it at 87, come, yeah. come. Uh, I don't know what age I was at the time, 32 or something, 33, I don't know. But I just thought, you need to sort your life out, Ali. If Gary Blair is 87, <laughs> we need to plank for longer than you. You need to you need to do something here. So, yeah, that was my wee plank challenge to wish him a happy birthday. Oh, that's quite cool. Um, I, I can remember um, when the Nintendo Wii came out and I got the Wii Fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, a thing on that that you can do a plank challenge kind of thing. It's different different kind of fitness exercise and different games. Um, 
and I did, I think I lasted about 90 seconds. I think 90 seconds was the maximum you could last. Um, so, but I, I was the same. I was like, I could keep going. So it was, became a kind of competition between me and my siblings to try and see who would, who would last the longest. And obviously the, the, the competition between the, the siblings came out. Um, I will not try and plank challenge you now that my, day, my plank challenge days are gone. <laughs> you win, hands down. I'll give you it. I mean, that was a few years ago, so you know I've no planked in a while, so I don't know. Might need to, might need to do something on Instagram, a wee Instagram. Anyone who's joined in, they'll be thinking, "What are you guys on about?" <laughs> I'm um, Yeah, so I say you're a busy girl. You've joined Central Central FM radio station in February 2018. Um, Quite as, yeah. well as, as well as overlapping roles. Year, yeah, I'm sure you're right. <laughs> As, as well as overlapping roles at, at Wave FM and Dundee. Was Central FM in Stirling? Is that right, my saying? Yeah. Yeah. Stirling, yeah. Um, I mean, you went from, obviously, being the evening and sports presenter to doing the breakfast show. How much of a difference was that in terms Huge. of, yeah, just in terms of listeners, in terms of how you how you went about the, the presenting? Everything. Um, so when you do, like, an evening show, you're literally quite chilled out or at least yeah. on that station for that particular audience that's what what the the remit was so it was just quite chill music just a little bit of casual chat in between but not too much and and talking about what's maybe coming up the next day or what's locally happening but really it's just easy listening the afternoon show was uh, on a saturday football show goals and gossip was brilliant because it was loads of music chat and then the very very last minute you had for when all the football scores came in, you had to try and get all those results in before the news. Yeah. At like o'clock. So it was like trying to scramble everywhere again, watching live games, plus trying to um, get the information, trying to get your computer to update and make sure you had all the scores in, all the goal scorers. So that was like, you couldn't really plan that. You just had to wait till they came in. So it was always like a rush to try and make sure you got it all in um, and got them all correct. So that was really good fun. But then the breakfast show, it's a whole other ball game. You're number one, you're up at like crack. I used to get up 4 a.m. Um, and then be in for like not long after four. And I like to prep before I do it on the day because I don't like to be 6 a.m. thinking, I'm not sure if they're checking the equipment, making sure everything works. I'd like to be there early. I, I know a lot of breakfast presenters are, I guess I was new to it. So I was probably a little bit of an eager beaver. So I would make sure I was in plenty of time. So if anything wasn't starting or right, I don't. I wasn't that technical, so I probably thought I might need to phone someone and get some help here and they might need to talk me through it, so I'll make sure that I'm there in plenty of time. Um, so it was an early, early start. You're coming up with competitions, you've got traffic, you've got travel, you've got your um, different hours you'll do, totally different, some things you'll repeat, and then also you have to get all your content, which the majority of it, I wanted it to be fresh on that day. I didn't like using things that happened the day before. Yeah in my head would probably know about it so I probably gave myself a lot of extra work making sure that every bit of content I had to talk about in every hour so that's like six links an hour or something was new and fresh so the times that by four hours that's a lot to try and find to talk about that's interesting at that time in the morning so it's a, a lot more work than I would say what a, an evening show was on on the two different stations but I loved every minute of it and wouldn't, wouldn't change it yeah, I mean, I don't know if you you ever seen the. I think it was Cy Ferry, your former colleague. Um, he done the the interview with Ali McCoyst, and he was talking about. Oh yeah. McCoyst was was saying about the 
the story about Alan Alan Brazil when he done talk sport in the mornings and he says it'd be six o'clock, he says, and be five fifty, five fifty five, and he'd be looking at the producer, got that. Big man's knowing yet what's happening, he says, and five fifty nine, bang, the door kicks open and Alan Brazil straight on, Good morning, Barbara. He says that's that's just the way it is, and that's that's what you're obviously saying about the some presenters like to just come in, get straight on to it, and other other people like to kind of prep kind of thing. I think it, obviously Alan Brazil, legend, he's got years of experience on radio presenting over me. So to him, it probably would be. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. Too much, but for me, I guess because I was new at it, it was a new job. I wanted to make sure that I'd had the right preparation going forward. I think I didn't have those years of experience in radio to be able to do, to have that knowledge already in my head and know what I was going to say. I think from that point of view, hopefully um, over the years I'll, I'll be a lot better or I am a lot better. I know exactly what's meant to happen, how it works. I can fix things. I know how the technical side of things, I can run that. It's not a problem now. Yeah. But at that time I was, I'd never stepped in a really, really stepped in a radio studio. So I was a bit like, oh, what to do here? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm going to th I'm going to throw a few kind of fun questions at you, I suppose. Okay. Um, you've pretty much done everything from dancing, singing, and acting, and presenting. Um, would you ever consider any of the kind of reality shows on the TV and the big reality shows? <laughs> I did a few years ago. I definitely did because I thought, well, I, all the people who are presenters now are the ones who've done a reality show. Yeah. So is that what I need to do now? But then I thought, no, Ali, just stick with your research, stick with your knowledge, stick with your training and just do that. So, yeah, I mean, the, I wouldn't want, I've always said to myself, if I wouldn't want my mum or dad or my brother to see it or my granny or grandpa um, when they were alive, God love them, then I wouldn't do it. And I think most of the reality shows, probably things on there that I would not want to do or maybe want my family to see me do, if that uh -huh. makes sense. I think, yeah, I'm just not going to put myself in that situation. So, no. Strictly come dancing or like dancing on ice, yeah, like, like that 100%. But no way would I be anywhere near no jungle. Oh, yeah, I think no dancing, I think dancing ice is obviously Violin. a lot more lethal than, than strictly because obviously it's on ice and there's a lot more chance of injury, yeah. kind of thing. Um, for me, I, I've, I've applied, I applied three times for Big Brother. Um, really? I got to. I think the furthest I got was like the second round or something of the of the auditions. But it was crazy because you were auditioning from. I think it was half six. You had to audition from a queue from basically, and the queues were massive. I think it was. Mm -hmm. I think it was, it was the SEC and before right. the hydro was built, kind of thing. Um, and it was, it was crazy. Um, but I'd love to. I'd love to go into the jungle. Um, the only. The only thing I probably couldn't do, I mean, I'm saying I'd love to go into the jungle. I'm scared of heights. So, I mean, I couldn't jump at the <laughs> you can get Exactly. I'd probably just like want to land safely, Jutting. Um in terms of in terms of the bush tucker trials, the only things I don't like are snakes and rats. The rest of them, the eating challenges I could do, spiders, spiders? cockroaches, mosquitoes, everything I could I could handle all the wee creepy crawlies, but um spiders and rats um or snakes and Rats, rather, I could not deal with, but I'd love to. I'd love to be able to do that. Um, well, I hope you will one day. Well, I, I need to be able to become a celebrity first. If you if you do a normal version of the show, maybe. Um, where where would your dream destination be if you had, you know, blank checkbook? Where would your dream destination be? For like a holiday or to live or. Um. Yeah, just either a holiday or just to live. I'd love to go to Bali. Yeah. 
for some reason I want to go there for a month and become a yoga instructor. Not to actually teach yoga to anyone, but just to do it. Yeah. That would be amazing. So uh, probably, probably go there, just have a month of chilling out, zening out, and just learning yoga, and then come back. That would be brilliant. I think I think that actually sounds amazing. I mean, just in terms of the beaches and this, the blue sea and all the rest of it, I think that would be amazing. Um, you're hosting a dinner party. You've got three empty seats. Um, Celebrity-wise, mm-hmm. dead or alive, who would, you, who would your guests be? Oprah Winfrey, because I imagine she'd have some epic stories. Um, Cy Ferry, because he's a ledge, um, and he's, he's always full of fun. And Alex Ferguson. That's a good shout. That's a good shout. I can remember um, when I met Cy Ferry, um, and I came over to the studio, and, and um, he thought I was Lee Griffiths. Um, and he came in, I think he came in late. Um, I think he came in late and he thought it was Lee Griffiths at one point. Um, do you have a celebrity crush? Is, is there somebody that you would say? No. Oh, really? No? I used to, I've only ever had one celebrity crush. Well, two, I tell a lie. Um, and one was Usher and then he cheated on, on his girlfriend so I didn't like him anymore. Oh, well. And I think the other, lost. when I was a young a celebrity... Well, it's probably some Mirren player, to be fair. I don't know if that class is a celebrity. Yeah. Shuggy Murray. Shuggy Murray. Yeah, Hugh Murray. <laughs> um, mine's would be Emma Willis or... Um, Pixie Lott. Yeah, Emma, Emma Willis or Pixie Lott. I was actually thinking Pixie Lott, yeah. <laughs> um, she could just send me to sleep, to be honest. Um, so, um, April 2020, you're obviously became part of part of the Go Radio team. Um, how exciting yeah. was that to launch the a new a brand new radio station? Oh, massively exciting. So much fun. Uh, really, really good. Really good. Some great presenters on there. And then also, as you say, um, I've had some great colleagues and some brilliant guests, honestly. It was so much fun. Um, really exciting. Not something, obviously, I'd done before producing as well as presenting as much as I produced and presented down south for, for shopping TV football, totally different ball game. So yeah, that was really, really exciting. Um and something that was slightly out of the blue because I've been working up at Carnoustie Golf Links as well in between at Wave um yeah. there as their head of uh, marketing communication. So that again came out of the blue just from somebody said, Look, you've, you've done this, we think you'd be really good. So lots of different things. And I like to take challenges. I don't like to sort of shy away from things. If if I think, you know what, I maybe could help with that or do that or learn. I like to be a sponge and learn as much as I can. So all these different opportunities coming up are, are amazing um, and I relish in them, really enjoy them. But yeah, it was really special, really special indeed. Yeah, and then obviously quickly. Glasgow, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. And as I say, it's, it's literally across the road from me, so it's, you know, passed by all the time. But um, somebody actually pointed something out to me. It was the fact that, and I'd never noticed this, um, the fact that the Go radio sign is in red, uh-huh. but Go usually means green. You, yeah. you associate Go with green. So I think that's what stands out when you see the sign outside. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's what, for Glasgow's own. Yeah, yeah. And I think because it, the colour it, it stands out a lot more but it used mm-hmm. to be my local it used to be my local oh. and I, I, I still miss it so it's it's um it's got a lot of good memories for me that place and um, but I mean you joined the goal football team 
you know, I would say pretty soon after. Um, I suppose when you work with guys like, you know, Cy Ferry, Barry Ferguson, um, even Rob McLean, Paul Cooney, I mean, it's it's doing something that you're so passionate about, it must not seem like work. No. Um, although at the same time, there is a lot to do in producing. Yeah, yeah I can imagine, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I know, I, I know what you mean. Um, Cy and Barry, absolute dream to work with. They were so much fun. Um, really enjoyed it, as I say. And guess you had like Leanne Crichton, who's fan- fantastic. You've got um, Chris Burke, like, oh, and all still friends till to this day. So it's amazing. So even though I've moved on, I've still got some great friendships um, and work relationships as well. So it's amazing. It's really good. But yeah, to, to work with Scotland captain, youngest captain, Rangers captain, like, and, and the funny thing was when I, when Barry was at the height of his career, I was in England. So I kind of missed yeah if that makes sense so it's uh-huh. all also for me was getting to see not only I knew his name but I didn't really know much about his career because at that time I was probably following St Mirren and following Aston Villa because I was living in England so I was kind of supporting them so I kind of missed most of the highlight apart from when it came to Scotland games so it, it was really good for me to sort of get insights to him and his career and, and the way from his point of view rather than yeah. knowing a th- a former, well, this is what I've read in the papers, or this is what I think, or this is how it's going. So that was quite good. It was really good fun. Inside, yeah. I, I mean, I can remember. Um, I can remember when I, I, I met you guys for the first time. Obviously, I'd won a, oh, yeah. I'd won the, the, mm-hmm. the competition, the PlayStation Five, and and I'm, I think you and Barry came came out from down the corridor, and you introduced yourself first, and then Barry, Barry was like, "How you doing?" I'm Barry Ferguson, and I kind of almost laughed as if. I know who you are, kind of thing, but that's that's just the kind of character he is, Johnny. Yeah, lovely guy. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so obviously you, I think you've been massive into your music. Um, mm-hmm. You've done some music shows, obviously with Wave FM and and that sort of thing, and Go Radio. And um, what is your go-to music? Oh, mine is so eclectic. Honestly, such a mad mix. But most of my friends laugh at me because the music I listen to is like Spanish. Yeah. I don't know why, but I love listening to Spanish music. Um, makes me feel like I'm on holiday. Everyone says when they're in my car, they're like, we literally feel like we're in Spain. We're on holiday. I just like having fun holiday vibes. So kind of Spanish music. And then oh, I love a bit of everything. Love a bit of country, love a bit of pop, R&B, everything. Honestly, some Erin songs, anything. <laughs> Um, is there anybody massive that you've interviewed in, um, in the music world um, or is there anybody that you would like to, to interview? Um, oh, loads of people I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> loads of people I'd like to. Um, big. Probably one of my favourite was Craig David. Um, yeah. He was brilliant because he's quite into his gemstones, which never would have known. Um, so we had loads of chats about gemstones and crystals and sort of the healing powers of them and football as well. So he was he was brilliant having a chat with him and, and Sagala when they had a new single out a couple of years ago. So that was really, really good fun. And that was my first sort of live radio interview. Yeah. So for that to be with them, that was brilliant. And then it wasn't an interview, but I got to work with them when I did the Brits years ago, Snoop Dogg, Pharrell Williams and Gwen Stefani. And for me, that was just like, wow. And Robbie Williams, of course, was there as well. But um that sounds terrible. I'm like, Robbie's brilliant, don't get me wrong. But it was it was so amazing to see Gwen Stefani. She's an absolute true pro. And Snoop Dogg's just as chilled as you like. He was just funny. 
Um, but yeah, that was that was for me. I didn't interview them, but I was there as a dancer, um, and that was such a cool experience. I was still at college at the time, and that for me was just like, wow, literally, wow, Gwen Stefani, what? <laughs> I mean, everybody, everybody knows who Ali Defoe is now. Um, <laughs> Am I, am I correct? Am I correct in saying um, your surname's actually Beatty? Um, yes. But Defoy was your mother's maiden name. Um, mm -hmm. Was that just, I, I believe it was something to do with an actor that had the same name as. Yep. Uh, exactly. Yes. So was that just like a, almost like a David Jason moment where, you know, he had it early in his career where he had he had the name and he couldn't, he couldn't use it. So he had to, he had to change his surname kind of thing. Yep, same as David Tennant. Um, basically, I went when you sort of join an actors' union. Um, there's one called Equity, which quite a lot, the majority um, of sort of well-known actors that you will see are, are usually part of that. And when you join it, you can't have the same name as anyone else. So you can't be like Tom Cruise or Nicole yeah. Kidman or like David Tennant. You have to have your own name. So there was already an Ali Beatty, uh, already a gentleman actor. Um, I think he was in his 70s uh, and years and years and years ago at the time <laughs> the agent I had I don't think he's an agent anymore had said to me well, you could just wait till the renewal date and try and quickly renew it before him like register it before him and I was like a 70 year old guy who's been called Ali Beatty for years as an actor and I'm just gonna like nab his name overnight <laughs> just because it's my <laughs> I was like, that's so mean I was like I'm not gonna do that and I just thought well I'll just go with my mum's maiden name. Um, yeah. It would still keep me high up on the list because D is like not far from A when yeah. you do a roll call. So I won't be that low on the list when it comes to if I choose like anything else. It was Ellie Summers though. I was going to completely change my name. Yeah. What, but then what I was the name you going to change it to? Ellie Summers. Ellie Summers. Because I like summer, I like sunshine, and I like yeah. Ellie sounds like Ali. Um, but I thought if someone shouts Ellie, I'll never turn around. Like I'll never. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, who's yeah, I wouldn't, you know, I mean, unless I say my actual name, I probably think think she's so rude. She just ignores people when she's saying her name. I'm like, I will never remember that. So I thought, no, I'll just stick with my own first name and then just use use my mum's maiden name. So well, that's quite nice. Yeah. It's quite a nice touch. Um, so I mean, finally, we started with the buddies. Um, I suppose <laughs> it's only fair to finish with them. You became the host of um, SMTV, not to be confused with the kids. TV show with Ant and Dec and Cat Daly, but you mentioned it started the show. You mentioned it started the show. Um, you know, for, for yourself years ago as a kid growing up supporting St. Man, um, how buzzing were you when, when the club came calling? Do you know, funny thing I said to Tony Fitzpatrick the other day, I said, Tony, I have to pinch myself that you are my boss. Like this blows my mind. This is amazing. Like I'm sitting there looking at the stadium thinking. Is this where I work? Yeah. And, and I'm only part-time at St Mirren. I'm still doing other things, which is brilliant. But um, the fact that they came to me and they were like, Ali, what, what do you think about this? Um, and I said, this is what I would do. This is what I'd suggest. And it, was, it just worked. It was effortless. It was so good. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's so much going on just now. There's so much to do, which is so exciting. And I guess I mentioned a sweet shop the other day. And, and that's what St Mirren is like to me. It's There are so many great moments there's so much that can be done with that club there's so many great things that have already been done that maybe people don't know about yet there's so much to shout about there's so much to build on um it's there's so many exciting opportunities that we haven't even touched on we haven't even scratched the surface with the club so 
it's um it's really exciting so there's lots to do but yeah when when they asked me i was like yeah no brainer has has to be a yes yeah, I mean, obviously, um, it's quite good because you're obviously, um, you can go and achieve other things, you can go and do other things, put your hand to other things. But um, um, just in terms of then, I suppose, for for the rest of the season, I mean, St Mun, obviously, last season, massive season in terms mm-hmm. of finals of both cup competitions were really unlucky. Um, I think he's missed out in top six due to kind of some COVID um, games kind of thing. So um, obviously that would have been a top six finish as well. How how good a job do you think the manager's done? Outstanding. I mean, well, that's the best we've had in 31, 32 years. I mean, yeah. I think it's an outstanding achievement. And bearing in mind at the start of last season, as you say, COVID hit us, we were had not good results. I mean, really not good because coming to Christmas time, a lot of people were worrying. I mean, I wasn't because I always have faith and I'm that that's a kind of I'm a glass half full kind of person, but I can understand a lot of fans' frustration, thinking what there's going on, like what's happening. Um, but the manager, I think, yeah, he's a young manager, yeah, he's he's gonna come from Aloha. Mm-hmm. So he's not been in the, the Premier League. It's his first Premier League team, if you say that, but he's been there for a couple of years now. And he's been outstanding. Um, I think he's fab. I think obviously he'll see himself. He's still got loads to learn because he's only been managing for a few years. But I think what he's managed to do with the team in the very short space of time that he's had to work with them, with uh, with the utmost respect, we don't have the same amount of money as Celtic or Rangers to spend on players. Um, but at the same time, we're also not expected to be where Rangers and Celtic are expected to be on the table. Yeah. So in comparison. But I think what he's managed to do and the support that the board have given him um, shows to me how strong they feel in him. They'll obviously work with him a lot more than I do. Um, so I think he's done incredibly well last season and I think he's got so much to build on. Um, and I'm hoping there's some some silverware and some top six finish this season for him because I think it, I think it's deserved. Um, just yeah, I, th- I think it would, have been deserved, it would have been deserved last season and hopefully can build yeah. on that. Um, yeah. And, and get into top six at, at least anyway. Um, yeah. Just just to finish then, Ali, um, what kind of advice would you have for anybody that's thinking about maybe getting into media or getting into kind of a presenting role or maybe dance or acting mm-hmm. kind of thing? Um, well, dancing and acting, if you want to do that at 100%, depending on your age, but if you're sort of younger um, and still at school and, and high school, 100% go to the Dance School of Scotland if you can if you can get in there. Um, audition, work your socks off, because they are the, the highest calibre of teachers, the best place I've ever been in my life. So if you wanted to be dancer, singer, actor, 100% go there, presenter too. Um, if you are, as you say, want to be, be a presenter, maybe that's not, you don't want to do performing arts and that's not your thing research 100% find people you like try and get in touch with them research be a sponge learn as much as you can get as many qualifications as you can and what chosen path that you want to do and find out what you like and do lots of it yeah that's that's some pretty good advice as I say um so we'll leave it there um, and I'll let you get on <laughs> with, uh, the, rest, the rest of your day um oh let's see the puppy is he there but yeah hold on two seconds Absolutely, I'm a big, big dog person. Um, oh, he's lovely. Wait, what's his name? Kobe. Kobe. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, he's 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 beautiful. Um, I just I go to pieces when I go to pieces when, when I see dogs. Honestly, um, so yeah, guys, we're gonna leave it there. Um, 
once again, thanks to Ali Defoy for coming on. Um, and if you want to follow us on the socials, search Celtic FC Appreciation. We're all over Facebook. The numbers are rapidly rising. We're over 15,000 fans now. Um, leave a review, follow and subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. And we'll be back hopefully on Sunday night after the Glasgow Derby. And mm. um, hopefully get a well, hopefully get a massive result tomorrow um, against AZ. Last week's result. Get into the groups there. I know. I'll not put you through it. Don't worry. Um, yeah. So yeah, hopefully we'll get through against Altmar. Hopefully we'll get a result at Ibrox on Sunday. And um, me and Paul will be back on Sunday. Um, but in the meantime, Ali, thank you very, once again for coming on. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been great fun.